Recorded live. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stay to reflect those of this station or its management. Introducing Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 19th of August, 2017. I'm your host, Bad Billy, out of Twin Falls, Idaho. Of course, I'm going to be doing most of this show solo. Of course, I got my guests. Uh, Coming up in just a little bit, I have independent rock slash rap musician out of Salt Lake City, Utah, Andrew Boss. Later on in the show, I'll be interviewing actor James Lane, who's appeared in shows such as Breaking Bad and Longmire. Yes, uh, of course, Derek is uh, just basically taking a hiatus from the show, and that's understandable. That's what he feels he wants to do. Chris, will he'll be joining later for News of the Weird However, uh, yeah, he, he's been kind of busy uh, with his daytime job, of course. So let's get the show started. This is Andrew Boss coming for you.
to the station. I, you're, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. When another man steals your girlfriend, there's no better revenge than to let him keep her. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Room three, please disrobe. You can ask anyone what the definition of freedom of speech means, and they will tell you it means you can say whatever you want. But freedom of speech goes beyond the physical act of speaking. It is what us as United States citizens can use to express ourselves, and it is a way we as human beings can grow. Those two things combined is what makes freedom of speech so important to us as a nation. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. If you love country music... Country. Oh, there's lots of it and more on Cranked Up Country with Curtis McKinney and Brad Hemmington. You may remember them from Cranked Up Live. Cranked Up Country is three hours of the best country music on the planet combined with real personalities and fun. Listen for the Cranked Up Country hit picks and artist picks. Call Brad and Curtis with your song requests. And hey, you may even expand your vocabulary. Airhead, bird brain, bonehead, <laughs> chowderhead, clodhopper. Clodhopper. Seriously? <laughs> Visit Cranked Up Country on the web at crankedupcountryradio.com. Like Cranked Up Country on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankedupcountryradio. Follow Cranked Up Country on Twitter at Cranked Up Live. Cranked, Cranked Up, Up Country. Country on this fine station. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, the song you just heard was Coming For You by Andrew Boss. And with that said, I want to welcome Andrew Boss to the show. How you doing, bud? What's up, man? How the hell are you? Hey, we're doing great over here. How's Salt Lake City? It is fantastic today. We're about to have a barbecue and uh, just chilling in the good weather, man. I, can, I got no complaints. For sure. All right, that's fucking awesome. All right, for uh, those that aren't familiar with you, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Andrew Boss? Well, I'm a Capricorn. Uh, I'm five ten. I got green eyes. Um, <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> I don't know. I always get asked that question. I don't know what the fuck to say. I, like I make music. You should listen to my CD. I don't know Damn what right. to say. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I make I make rap rock, uh, rap metal. I don't know what the fuck to call it, but uh, it, it's fun. It's energetic. I got a live band um, from Salt Lake City, born and raised. Uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. Love the Red Sox. Love baseball. I love MMA. Uh, yeah, we're going on a tour here this fall. Everybody can come and see us. We're going to be on tour with Twisted and Moonshine Bandits all over the country. Uh, you can go and check out my tour dates on andrewbossmusic.com. Right on, right on. You're so you're an MMA fan, as as am I, no doubt about that. Uh, yeah. real, real quick question, beside the point. Uh, overall, what do you think of the upcoming uh, mega fight between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather? Uh, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> to be yeah, honest, I think it's a bunch my of... same opinion. Yeah, I think it's fucking bullshit. I think Connor's a genius. He wanted to get rich before before he retires, you know, and uh, that that makes sense to me. And and he's a good striker and all, but it, it's just fucking stupid, you know, to me. I'm not even gonna watch it. We're playing a show. We're playing a festival here in Salt Lake City. I don't even I don't even care. You, I, I will watch any fight Connor McGregor does in the octagon, MMA style, but I'm not gonna watch him box anybody all right i can, I can yeah. understand your point there all right <laughs> yeah the, the song we just heard coming for you would you uh give us a little background on that song that sound, song sounds awesome it sounds like something uh somebody can train to or use that when they walk to the ring yeah man that's kind of uh that's kind of the the fuel for the fight that's definitely the song of uh you know um, like the chorus, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, basic song. You know, the chorus says, I'll break your face. So pray, you know, I'm coming for you. And so that, that pretty much sums it up. But that song, so like each song is kind of a different mood. I kind of set up the album like a movie soundtrack. So it kind of go, it has like a roller coaster ride that you take through the album. And that song is kind of that point where everybody gets where they're like, I can't take this shit no more. I'm going to fuck everybody up. And they just snap on everybody. Like, that's the snapping song where you tell your boss to go fuck himself and you pee on his desk and then you throw a brick through his window and, like, whatever else happens that day when you lose your mind. So that's a good 
uh, therapy song, definitely, to play live and stuff for me, for sure. Overall, when you play that song up on stage live, how is the crowd reaction? you get a mosh bit going? Well, I try to get a mosh bit going anytime that we can, <laughs> to be honest. I love the mosh pit. I love the fucking uh, crowd surfing. I love to be in the crowd. Usually, usually every show we do now, my bass player has a wireless setup, and my guitarist, my brother Flip, has a wireless setup. And then, and then uh, me and my brother Adam, we do the we do all the vocals on stage, and we all, all four of us usually end up in the crowd by the time the the show is over. And so that that's just my favorite thing, whether it's uh, Avengers or it doesn't matter what song we're playing. Like I, I, uh, I just love the crowd participation. There's nothing that beats that in the whole world. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Now, um, how, how long have you been doing this? Well, this project I started last year. And uh, I was kind of, I'd been in a band for a long time, like eight years. And I had a couple shows lined up and, and I told my whole band to go fuck themselves. And I hit up my drummer, Corey, who's my drummer now. He's my touring drummer and he did a, a lot of the drums on the album. And I said, look, I got a show, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a show with Tech 9 in Salt Lake City and I just, fired my whole band like do you want to come up here and do this show with me and so we got together and at that point I only had I think we only had four songs that we could play and we practiced maybe twice like two days because he lives in Phoenix and then uh, my buddy Jeremy Tabor who who did a lot of the guitar parts on the album they came up for the Tech Nine show, we practiced twice, and then we played the show, and it was me, my brother Adam, and Flip on bass, and and Jeremy and Corey, and uh, from there it just kind of got spun out into what I'm doing now because I just decided I'm, you know, I'm just gonna do everything the way that I want it to to be done. I had a producer, I had Jim Fogarty as the producer, and he wanted to do the album. And all the other guys wanted to be a part of the band, so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do my project how I want and have everybody come along with me. And they can all still do their other projects and their other music stuff that they do. And when I go out and tour, we'll just, you know, we'll organize it around everybody. And, it, and it's just really worked out really, really, really well. So it sounds like it just all came together really really well for you in the yeah. long run and you're just doing what you're you're doing taking everything by the reins and doing it how you want it done yeah exactly i had a pretty good idea of, of the direction that i wanted to go and and i was lucky enough to not have you know the people around me tell me to go fuck myself <laughs> they, they actually wanted to do the project with me so that helps and and every time like we we did some touring with nonpoint and we did the summer tour with twisted and every time i've hit them up and i've been like hey i've got this show or this tour like this next tour we're doing is 35 shows with twisted and moonshine bandits and nobody was like oh i don't know you know 
I don't know if I can make it or I don't know if I can this or that. Like every single one of them, I got my bags packed. Like when do we leave, you know, what are we doing? And uh, it, it just helps to have people around you that are like that, that are on the same level and that they're willing to go out and and do what's necessary to, to get a project off the ground because it's a lot of hard work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, going to go ahead and get one of uh, Derek's stumpers out of the way since, uh, you know, he's not here to ask it himself, so I've got to do this for him. Okay. But uh, put put your thinking cap on because you're going to need it. Okay. Say, say you become really big. Um, you, you just, you just produced, you just produced a CD and it's hitting the charts and you're going to, you're going to go on tour on a big tour now, um, covering most, uh, nationwide, maybe into Canada and Mexico. You're the main act. You're the one everyone's come to see. You have three opening slots for musician or band that you'd like to have open for you? Who do you pick and why? It could be anybody past or present. Any genre. Any genre? So... Yes. Okay. Uh, well, let's do... I'll do two I'll do two different ones for you, okay? So um, we'll go with people from the past first. So the three opening slots and I would make them fight over it because I don't know what order to put these in first of all but um, I'd have Johnny Cash I'd have uh, I'd have Huey Lewis in the news and I'd have Credence Clearwater Revival and those would be my three openers if I had yeah so if I had to pick bands right now that are touring uh, to be my my three openers um, I would have, I would have non-point would be my first opener. Hold on, buddy. Hold on, buddy. <laughs> Go talk to your mom real quick. Sorry. Um, so I would have non-point would be an opener. Um, I would probably have, uh, tech nine be another opener and my third one would be Papa Roach. There you go. That that sounds like a hell of a show and, and Johnny Cash is a great choice as well. I'm not gonna deny that. All of them were. All yeah. Them. I love Johnny. All right. Well the next song I have up queued here is uh the title off of uh, your latest C D Invincible. What can you yes. tell us about this song before I cue it? Well, Invincible is the title track. And so uh, two things about the song that I think are cool. The, the first thing is uh, um, I was hanging out at uh, Pablo's house, who's the drummer of Chelsea Grin, and he has a studio in his house where he records other bands and, and, and uh, you know people around here in Salt Lake City. And I was talking to him about doing the song with me, and he he was like, he had heard like four or five of the songs that we had done off the album. He's like, oh, yeah, I can totally make something that would fit like your album. And I was like, I don't want that. I want you to make like what you do, like, because they, they're super heavy. 
and he did the he did the drums, the bass, and the guitar tracks all on that for me, and arranged it. And he put it in the, our regular key that we usually play, which which is the drop C, which most of the album is in. And I took it home and I put vocals on it, and the the vocals on it are you know supposed to be inspiring um we have uh, some banners that we're taking on tour that will be on stage that say the the words the lyrics to the chorus and stuff and and it's just the idea that no matter what happens to you in life you have to be invincible you have to be able to get up tomorrow and get over it you know like bad shit is going to happen to you you're going to have to fight the tides. You're going to have to get up and do work, and you're going to have to keep going, and that's the idea of Invincible. You know, no matter what happens to me in my music career specifically, um, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep getting better, and, and nobody can stop me. All right. I like the sound of that. Well, without right any on, further ado, I want to cue Invincible.
Andrew W. Boss with Invincible. What an intense fucking song. I fucking love it. <laughs> if you want to join uh, the show, the yeah. number to call is 724-444-7444. Enter in code 143036. If that number yet doesn't already have enough fours in it, my God. All <laughs> right. So, yes, sir. So, uh, Andrew, who would you say your early influences were when you uh before getting into this? Um like like when I was growing up? Yes, exactly. Like when I was little. Well, my first like I had a lot of music that I listened to because my dad listened to like older country stuff and my mom listened to older like Motown and fifties and sixties rock and roll and then my brothers listened to metal and my sisters were listening to Beastie Boys and Run DMC and, and the Humpty Dance and stuff like that. But, um, and I and I liked all of that. Like, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, all of that was, like, my first hip-hop stuff that I listened to. But what really caught me the first time that I heard it was No Place to Hide from Corn, And that was, like, the first song that I had heard from them, and it was on the radio here in Salt Lake. And... I just hadn't heard of anything like that anywhere. And it and I remember I went and got the CD and I played the CD over and over. And I just kind of, I've always got sucked into bands that were really different and different, different sounds and, and, and unusual stuff like Limp Biscuits $3 bill album. I still think is their best album. Um, Bud Vane, LD50, when that came out, was a was a big deal for me. I also like I also got hooked on um, Bone Thugs and Harmony and like Tupac's All Eyes on Me album. I think is the probably the best hip hop album of all time. And it, it was just kind of an array of stuff that I just really got into. And the more the more stuff I listened to, the more that I liked aggressive stuff, especially when I was younger. I had some anger issues, if we want to be honest with everybody right now. I had some <laughs> anger issues and got into fights a lot and stuff, and so aggressive music really, like, I think that's why I latched on to Tupac so much and, like, Mudvayne and, and the heavier stuff. But, but yeah, I had I had a lot of influences, but Korn, I think, was the first one that really like got me into the the metal and and all that aggressive stuff when i heard their album it was everything was was different after that now are you primarily a vocalist or are there other times uh, you'll pick up a guitar or, or sit behind a drum set or it, anything like that no no i don't do guitars or drums or anything live i do I do the majority of the the production for the album. So kind of how the album was written is I'll have a song pretty much that, well, there's a couple songs where Jeremy had guitars and drums and he would send me ideas and then I would make a song out of that. And so, but most of the time I would come up with a song with like the bare bones of the song, like uh, drums and and vocals and guitar ideas and things like that. And then I would give it to other people and then Corey would 
put his drums on it. He would write his drums. Or my brother Flip, like he did all the guitar and, and bass work. Well, Jeremy did a little bit on Let Me Hear You. And so uh, the the production side of things and writing the song and mapping out the song and, and stuff like that is really where I excel at. And then what was cool about my album and having Jim Fogarty be the executive producer, he was mixing and mastering everything. And so I would do all my stuff in Salt Lake. I'd send him a Pro Tools file, and then he would open it up, and he would be able to work on it for a little bit and then send me ideas and be like, hey, what do you think about moving this here and moving that over there? And so the whole uh, recording process, I have a lot more to do in that. And then when we perform live, I'm the front man, but uh, that's pretty much where that's like my little box that I live in is is doing the vocals and and high-fiving bitches and kissing babies and starting mosh pits and, you know, all the all the fun stuff, you know what I mean? Now, here's a question I love to ask because for every person that I've asked on this show this particular question, I always get a different answer, and it's something interesting every time. Okay. While performing up on stage, and this doesn't matter if you're in a very large venue like maybe where where the jazz play or mm-hmm. if you're in some uh, piece of shit hole in the wall bar that holds about 25 people doesn't yeah. doesn't matter um what is the craziest thing you have ever witnessed while performing well i would say the craziest thing i ever witnessed we were playing with tech nine out here at a place called Saltaire, and it's literally this venue that's right on the beach of the the Great Salt Lake. And it's way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. You got to drive like 40, 45 minutes to get there. And Tech Nine's there. It's completely sold out. And we were playing uh, first. Everybody else was on Tech Nine's tour, and we were just the opener. So we were playing, and the sun was still out. And all the sun comes through these like skylights, so the whole the whole place is lit up. There's no light show; it's not dark. And we got into the middle of clean, and there was I'm not even kidding an all girl mosh pit, and they beat the fucking shit out of each other. There was like 30 girls punching titties like it it was crazy it was the craziest thing i've ever seen and they for probably the second half of queen they beat the shit out of each one of them wow it was amazing (laughs) oh man did anybody video that and put it on youtube or something that i'd like to see i we had like we had like cell phones and stuff going on and none of us got it. Like, all you could see in the video, all you could see was, like, people's heads moving around. But because the stage in there, I mean, the place holds, like, 4,000 people. So the stage in there is huge, and you're up higher than everybody. So we had a perfect view just looking down, and there's, like, 30 women just going at it. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. So I'm going to get uh, Derek's uh, second stumper out of the way. I, I actually realize I asked them out of order, but who the fuck cares? All right, second, <laughs> yeah. second stumper. Okay. 
you have the opportunity to do a duet with somebody, who do you pick, past anybody past or present, any genre once again? Well, I've already done this. If you go to my Facebook page, there's a little video. I didn't get the rights to the song, and I didn't really finish the song because my album ended up being so heavy. But I always wanted to do a song with Frank Sinatra, and so I made I remade Frank Sinatra's song, That's Life, and it's on my Facebook page if anybody wants to check it out. It actually turned out really fucking good, but Frank Sinatra was my my number one uh, who I wanted to do a song with just because I, I, I always thought that him and the Rat Pack were, were really cool and like jazz is where rock and roll and everything else came from, and so... I really like that, but if I could do a song with somebody like right now and go in the studio and see how they work, it would be either Jonathan Davis or Eminem. And right. I wouldn't want to do like I like a lot of artists now they're like, "Hey, send me a track and I'll record to it." And I I wouldn't want to do that. Like I would want to go in the studio for a day and sit down with either of them, too, and see how they produce things, like pick their brain, hang out with them, like just see their process. Because the more that I, the more people I talk to, the more that everybody kind of has their own little... Because all musicians are really anal and fucking weird and crazy, you know? And everybody has their own little processes and, and how they like to do stuff. So it would be cool to sit down with either one of them and and just soak it all in for a day. Oh man, that that's awesome. That that is awesome. I mean, honestly, I uh Frank Sinatra did did kind of throw me for a loop. Not saying I don't like Frank, Frank Sinatra, it was just an unexpected answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't expect that from me, but I do. I love Frank Sinatra all of his stuff and the and the Rat Pack and like Nat King Cole and uh uh Dean Martin like all that all that old jazz stuff. I, and I, I don't really know where it comes from, but I just like, I just really enjoy it. It helps me relax. It's almost like meditating. It like helps, it really helps my brain like slow down and relax. And I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So second song that I have picked, I, I haven't heard it yet. But uh, it just sounds like it's going to be intense, and that's why I picked it. This okay. one's called Wreck the Place. What can you tell yes. us about this one? Wreck the Place is just a fun song to get people having a good time. Uh, I rap I rap a lot in there. I talk about the whole song. What I'm rapping about is growing up. You'll hear about my influences and stuff and being a class clown and 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 people telling me that I'm not going to make it as a rapper in Utah and fucking you need to decide on hip-hop or metal or, like, you know, little shit like that. And so I kind of just threw it in a song, and it just has a nice little fuck you attitude, and the chorus is a, is a nice chorus that people can sing along. And I actually get, when we play that live, that's the song that all four of us usually get off stage and go and, and uh, get in the crowd with. So it's good. It turned out good. And we're actually going to be, we're going to be filming and releasing a, a music video for this song uh, in the middle of our tour with Twisted. So uh, I'm really excited for that. Right on, right on. 
Well, I've got to go ahead and cue Wreck the Place. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio. That was Wreck the Place by Andrew Boss. 
and I am joined by, of course, the man, Andrew Boss, out of Salt Lake City. And uh, just a few more questions here, Andrew. Um, I do have to ask, uh, you started there in Salt Lake City, and uh, you're, uh, you're on your way up. There's no question about that. Uh, what's the furthest Thank you've you. had the opportunity to uh, travel outside of Salt Lake City to go perform? Um, so for the far, state of Utah, for that matter. <laughs> um, so far, we probably the farthest is Seattle from here. That's maybe time wise. But uh, this fall, we're going coast to coast. We got a handful of shows up in uh, New Hampshire and Boston. We're doing uh, we're doing a horror con up in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. We got a couple shows in New York, and then we go all the way down the East Coast. We got a handful of shows in Florida, too, and uh, through Texas, all around the West Coast. So we have, like I was saying, we have 35 shows with uh, Twisted, Moonshine Bandits, uh, Blaze, and Whitney Payton, who uh, she's a pretty cool little hip-hop chick. She just got signed to a, a metal label. And she's kind of doing some rap rock kind of stuff now too. So I'm really stoked about that. We're gonna be doing the whole the whole country, and then uh, and then hopefully we'll we'll get to meet everybody and say hello and hang out and take pictures and bullshit with everybody from all over the country that we've never been before. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. You know, Andrew, I first when I first started this show, I was living up in Northeast Ohio, and then I came back home, back west to Idaho, where I'm at. And I'm pre- pretty sure you pro- you probably hit my ne- neck of the woods. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But um, when I w- lived in Ohio, I must say in that region of the Midwest, the local music scene is just the largest I've ever ever witnessed and i've made some pretty good friends out there so definitely yeah. you hit to hit the cleveland akron ashtabula area i want to know about that and and uh, who you get a chance to meet and perform with out there because the odds are i might know them yeah <laughs> yeah and, that'd be uh, awesome. yes it will now when it comes to uh touring say Anywhere here in the U.S. or worldwide, where would you say the dream stage is for you? Anywhere globally, where would you just love the opportunity to to perform? Um, well, I think that anywhere where my goals, I would say, revolve around people's reception of the music. So right now I'm enjoying touring and I'd like to tour Europe and Japan and Australia and like those are the places I want to hit. But really, I want to play for a crowd wherever it is that is singing along to my songs and knows the words and is is as live about it as we are. And I I think that getting to go places to do that is just the icing on the cake, you know what I mean? Because that's really... Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think that's really what artists are looking for, you know. There's nothing better than, like, we play here in, in the, like, a hometown show, and there's a handful of people who know all the words, and they're singing all the words, and they got your shirt on and your hat, and they're, like, the doors aren't even open yet, and they're lined up to see it, and, like, th- that stuff is what's really cool. And if, if we're able to go to Japan and do something like that, or Australia, or over in Europe, and and tour with Skindred or, you know, stuff like that. That's just, that's just the bonus of, you know, playing for your fans in cool places. I hear you there. And say some kids ages 15 to 21, they, they say they're going to start a band. What advice do you think you could give them? Um, man, (laughs) there's so much, there's so much stuff that goes into a band. First thing I would say is if you're going to start a band, um, make sure you have 10 songs before you play a show and make sure you can play those songs effortlessly you can play them in your sleep make sure you can play them without thinking about it practice for nine months to a year before you play a show and then when you do play a show uh tell every fucking person you know about it and get them there and make sure that you're ready the thing is the hardest thing that a lot of musicians don't understand, and I didn't fucking understand when I started, is that you you really only have one chance to make a first impression. You only have that one chance to, you know, get people to really get excited about your stuff. And a lot of these bands think that they're ready when they're not ready. And, and then they get, uh, you know, people who just think that they suck, but in reality, they're just not ready to be out playing shows yet. You know, like I always go back to uh, um, Dave Grohl's advice where he was like, just go in a garage and bang on shit and be a shitty band for a while and and just suck and just suck and suck. And then one day you're going to be Nirvana and you'll be the king of the world and you won't know how you got there and stuff. And so... I've always liked that advice, like just go and jam out and do your music until until you feel like it's perfect and then and then go share it with the world. All right, that's great advice. Well, Andrew, that's all the questions I have. I want to thank you very much for your time here on Outlaw Radio. And before we hit our next music set, which is going to feature five of your songs off of Invincible. Uh, Go ahead and give yourself a plug. Tell the listeners where they can find you on social media, if you have a website, where they can find you on Spotify, um, iTunes, uh, Reverb Nation, all of that good shit. Yeah, we're everywhere. Invincible is out now, and uh, anywhere where you stream music, Invincible is there. It's on Spotify. If you search for Andrew W. Boss, so my middle initial is W, you'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, 
Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, anywhere at all. If you go to my website, andrewbossmusic.com, you're going to find my bio and some write-ups, all the tour dates. Uh, there's a store on there where if you'd like to buy a, a physical album, I'll ship it to you and T-shirts and all that kind of shit. And, but uh, most importantly, check out the tour dates. And if we're playing somewhere close to you, come out and see us. Say what's up. Uh, me and my brothers are all super nice. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We want to take pictures with you. Whatever the fuck you're comfortable with. Obviously, I don't want to be all up in your bubble or whatever, but come and say hi to us. Watch the show. Enjoy it. Mosh pit, crowd surf. Have a good fucking time. And then uh, go home and jam out the CD. Yeah, that's That sounds awesome. Well, once again, Andrew, I want to thank you very much for your time here on the show. Best yeah, of luck man. to you in your future endeavors. Uh, when you make it out to uh, Twin Falls or even Boise, I, I've got to know about it. Because you know I'm going to okay. be there. Awesome, man. I will make sure. We probably, I'll, I'll let you know, Pro- probably sometime sooner than later we'll be, we'll be up in the Twin Falls. Because I know, I know a few of the uh, promoters up there. So well, then again, you know, I'm only, what, maybe a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Salt Lake City, so maybe I should yeah. make the trip out there too. Yeah, before the snow hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit like it did last year, this last year. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was out of it was out of hand last year. And we we yeah. were playing in Billings and Spokane in February like it was a fucking nightmare. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it getting the Billings was a nightmare. I can only imagine. Yeah, you get a lot of snow up that way. And then again, if you're going out to Ohio in the wintertime, too, it could be brutal out there, too. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Especially the shores of Lake Erie. <laughs> oh, man, uh, it sounds so cool, though. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Well, right on, thanks, our... Billy. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Best of luck to you. You too, buddy. All right. And, ladies and gentlemen, that was Andrew W. Boss. Be sure to check him out. We're going to hit our first music set, five songs by Andrew Boss. When we come back, we have actor James Lane out of New Mexico. So, with that said, we'll be back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. With Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Philly. Where if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother.
spark the cow and Aaron high into the atmosphere and blow up the plane, which will then make Zach and me dance around with your pants down in celebration. And if you download right now for a limited time, you'll unlock the secret referee Atari Steve, which you can download the secret referee and Zach and me dance around with their pants down. Atari Steve will try and get them to pull their pants back up. It's the Dueling Farts game. Now available on all iPhone, Android, and the Moore Caster Cell Service. It's a family fun game. From your friends at Stereo Dust Particles, the Stereo Store, and a whole lot more.
Put your fucking hands up. I said, put your fucking hands up. If you're sick of the sound of the radio, then put your fucking hands up. Let me fucking hear you. I said, let me fucking hear you. If you're sick of the sound of the radio, then let me fucking hear you. Put your fucking hands up. I said, put your fucking hands up. If you're sick of the sound of the radio, then put your fucking hands up. Let me fucking hear you. I said, let me fucking hear you. If you're sick of the sound of the radio, then let me fucking hear you.
perform on the clap. My mama didn't even know. And ever since then, I've been telling everybody I told you so. I was never gonna eat right, talk right, breathe right, but here I am alive and well. My fist out, boom, and I ride it well. I'd have dumped the trash, changed my life. Take a step back, get it in some life. I never regret taking charge, starting over. But holding on to my dreams of a rock star. I'm addicted, my last addiction is seeing those faces out in the crowd singing along with me. They need me and I need them. And no matter what blocks you put in my way, I will always say with every syllable, I'm invincible today. I'm invincible. I was never afraid. I just never believed enough. Enough to face it all. And I
Broadcasting awaits you. If you've ever dreamed of being a radio disc jockey, newscaster, sportscaster, or production director, this is one of those rare times in history where positive change is waiting for you. American Broadcasting School Incorporated, one of the most successful and best-known broadcasting institutions of its kind, presents your window of opportunity now. Now, you can train in fully equipped broadcast studios with instructors evaluating your on-air assignments as you do them. Plus, there's job placement assistance upon graduation. This is a nationally accredited institution that's ready to help you take your first steps into your new future. There has never been a more exciting time to be in the world of broadcasting. And financial aid is available for those who qualify. American Broadcasting School, the number one way of entering broadcasting for over 33 years. You're just a phone call away from the career you've always dreamed of. Hey there. If you love your rock and talk, raw, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored, and unpussified, check out the Jay and Brody Show with hosts Jay and Brody Z. Every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Asgard Radio and replayed every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Hard Rock Radio Network. 
Two average Joes get together, drink up, engage in witty banter and talking, and play the best in 80s, 90s, and 2000s metal, grunge, new wave, punk ska, and alternative music. Anything goes. You can also listen on demand and contact the show at jbrodyshow.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Jay and Brody Show. What more needs to be said? The 7th Annual Revival returns to Hideaway Lakes Campground in Yorkville, Illinois, September 7th, 8th, and 9th for three days of unlimited food, unlimited drinks, and over 30 of the best bands in local and national music with performances by Battlecross, Dead Horse Trotta, Another Lost Year, and Vices. For tickets and information, TheRevivalParty.com. As always, only 500 tickets. The Revival, brought to you by The Revival Party, Southern Smoke Barbecue, and the agency, Stone Crow Mario, and 100.7 Q-Rock. For tickets and information, The Revival BibleParty.com. There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. Yo, baby, you got your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Eric Stark, and Bad Billy. Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit, what the fuck, you shit, the shady fuck shit, fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bad Billy, Chris, Master, Derek, Stark, we all say shit. Fuck. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, sponsored in part by, of course, Cold Cock Whiskey. Remember to raise your glass and take your shot. You must be 21 years old to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Hunter Athletic Gear, gear up and let's train. And now, Melissa K. Photography. All right, Billy. What were the songs that were played? All right. Thank you very much for that, Derek. The songs that were just played, the set started off with Apple Pie, followed by Clean, then Let Me Hear You, Breakdown, and topping the set off with Decay, all by Andrew W. Boss. Thank you very much for joining the show, Andrew. And now it's time for me to bring in my next guest, Actor James Lane. I'm on Skype right now. So we're dialing. He's actually been trying to call in a couple of times before we we were actually ready. (laughs) There he is. What's going on, brother? Hey, Billy. Damn glad to hear from you, man. How the heck you been? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. So yeah, just give well, the, give the listeners ahead. a little uh, background here. You and I met 
at Rock in the Spring at uh, the end of April in Vegas. It was a great time. I know you you were having an awesome time there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. Yeah, you did your best to remake the Hangover movies. I'm not even sure you remember day number three. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, we had, what, 26 bands? We had uh, the uh, Sons of Anarchy. We had Bubba Flex, which is coming towards you guys right now up in the uh, great northwest. Yep. We had Sick Puppies. We had American Grimm. We had Reclaim the Sky. I mean, uh, yeah, three days of, three full days of nonstop music. And I don't think it gets much better than that, my friend. Yeah, it was, I was just a little disappointed with the, with the outcome uh, in attendance. I thought there would be a lot more than what there was. Oh, absolutely. I I hear you 100%, but on the flip side of that, those of us that were there, it was one big, gigantic band party of nothing but friends, family, and 26 bands. I mean, it's And cold beer. And, oh, yeah, all the beer you can drink. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well... You put your share away. I hate to tell you, Billy. I I don't think you remember that, but you did pretty good there. I got <laughs> news for you. And uh, you know, uh, we had uh, Pantera showed up on the final night to. Uh, uh, yeah, Vinnie uh, Paul. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Chris of Lamb of God. They're they're performing tonight here in Albuquerque, opening for Slayer. So. Uh, uh, Billy, you did yourself right. That's all I can tell you. But yeah, yes. Yeah. yes <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. As as mentioned, uh, you're an actor. Yep. You've uh, your creden- your credentials go as far as Longmire and Breaking Bad are probably your two biggest uh, right there that I well, can think of. Well, yeah, I don't list everything, uh, Billy. I uh, I started with 310 to Yuma, and uh, yeah, Longmire. Uh, not this. This is the final season, so they <clears throat> they've wrapped up Longmire, which is a shame. Uh, but I was, I think, last season eight different episodes. Most recently, <clears throat> Heller High Water. Uh, I worked uh, background on that. I was on the poker tables losing all my chips, you know. So, um, Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp, Army Hammer. That was uh, two and a half months. And uh, the guys are just phenomenal, brilliant. Uh, The movie sets, whether it's here in New Mexico, They're filming a lot right now in Georgia. I know your podcast across the country. Yes. Yes. I I realize that, Bill. And they've got great shows going on in uh, Tennessee and Nashville. So 
this goes across the country. And uh, I would recommend to any of your listeners, <clears throat> you don't have, a, have to pay a dime to get into casting. As you start out as a background extra, like Brad Pitt did for years with Central Casting, before he got his first real major lead role in Thelma and Louise. So there's opportunities, and all you have to do is, you know, take a nice, ugly mug picture like yourself and throw it in there, and you never know. Come on, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, I I did want to ask you, um, anybody who goes to your Facebook, uh, they can see that, Obviously, Longmire 310 to Yuma. Well, you know, you've, you've uh, done quite a bit uh, for Westerns. Is that uh, pri- primarily what you have been in in your uh, acting career? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, Bill. Uh, Billy, I've, I've mainly done Westerns, whether it was comedies like Ridiculous Six. Adam Sandler came out with that, and I'm uh, we've really got our fingers crossed this year because we hope that uh, Adam's coming back with either uh, the Ridiculous Six Returns or the Ridiculous Six Tries to Saddle a Horse. You know, I mean, uh, so there are Westerns, comedies, uh, uh, yeah, I had a kind of rough year of, year and a half ago I busted a couple of ribs off a horse. So I I'm I'm uh I'm a little shy of getting back on those things. I mean eighteen hundred pounds is a lot of weight. You know, you can only <laughs> Yeah. You can only break a collarbone so many times or a couple of ribs before you sit there and say, Well, you know <clears throat> hey, I'm not as young as you are, Billy. You know, I mean, you know, it, 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 it gets a little rougher with age. Or something. Well, oh, boy, it's a good thing that Chris and Derek are not here right now because they'd start, <laughs> you'd say you're not as young as me, but yet they'd start telling you about how I saw the invention of the wheel or I was at the Last Supper with Jesus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're always pulling these old jokes because I'm the oldest of the three. <laughs> well, well, that's what happens when you hang out with some of yeah, yeah, yeah. The shit always kind of rolls downhill. I'm sorry about that, Billy. <laughs> but yeah, you've been there, done that. But <clears throat> I always I really, tell them, I always really, tell them to yeah. to talk to me when they hit puberty. Oh yeah, yeah. When they start growing some hair on their chin, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good point. I got a really good kick out of your interview with Andrew. I enjoyed that. Yeah, because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking he actually gave credit to Nirvana, Billy. And I'm thinking, well, I'm I'm so old. I'm older than dirt. And I, I remember going to a Securicon with 50 people in it in Portland, Oregon. And here's this band called Nirvana and Mary's Club around the corner. And I'm thinking, geez, I must really be old, Billy, because, you know, uh, 
those days are gone. So I enjoyed your interview with Andrew. Oh, I, thank you very much. Yes. Yes. I'm I, also, I should have mentioned this big shout out to uh, Dave Tedder who uh, sent me an email and got uh, got my attention about Andrew too. So uh, that's when I found out about him, I immediately reached out for an interview and, uh, he, he said, anytime you're ready. Like, really? Okay. Yeah. Why well, I, I heard you interviewed, uh, or you got it coming up, Marty McCoy, a Bubba flex and Sean. Oh, yeah. that was back. That was our anniversary show back in June. And it was, yeah, it was, that was fantastic. Yeah, Marty is one of, he's my friend as well as yours, as you know, and so is Sean and Tommy and Dick. I'm so glad that they're hitting up your area, the neck of the woods, because they really do put on a good show. Now, I know you want to talk about the movies, all right? You know, whether it's, uh, yeah, we're the Millers, or you want to talk about, uh, uh, like I said, the Lone Ranger, Breaking Bad. Better call Saul. What do you want to know, Billy? <laughs> well, after see, you know seeing the picture, especially the the one of you with that uh, sinister look on your face, holding a shotgun. Oh, you like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. That, yeah, that's I do. awesome. Yeah, yeah well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I did want to ask you uh, when it comes to playing roles. Uh, what what do you think suits you better, playing the hero, the villain, or somewhere in between, like a Wyatt Earp? No, always the villain, Billy. I've been casted almost constantly, whether it's featured or whether it's background or whether I have lines or not. It's always the villain. It's and to add that, <clears throat> when it comes to some of the more modern things. You might get a kick out of this. I'm always casted as a drunk in the bar, uh, either uh, whether it's uh, one with the girls with clothes or without, and I'm getting beat up. So I'm always <laughs> cast. Yeah, I know. I know it, which fits me. You know, I I hate to tell you, but <clears throat> I was born a preacher's kid. So, you know, the bar scenes are always what usually gets me cast buddy <laughs> right on right yeah, on sorry, sorry, but... <laughs> no 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 because i mean i i have no problem with you playing the villain because with, with me see um some a lot of uh walking dead fans don't like me because i'm a fan of negan oh you know? yes. <laughs> yeah well I'm I'm somebody who who has rooted for the bad guys in the movies. Well, if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be in a movie, I've got I've got to be the villain because, I mean, come on, uh, Dallas had to be canceled recently because there was no Jr. You can't you can't have a hero without a villain. Well, yes, and how many times are you gonna shoot Jr.? Come on, I mean, yeah, but that's beside the point, right? I mean, right. seriously, yeah. I mean, but they try. Gotta, they yeah. tried to have his son fill fill his shoes, and it just didn't work. You know, I mean, there was only one J.R. Ewing, and once it was gone, it was gone. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I got friends that were on that, and most of them thought he was a pain in the ass to begin with. <laughs> but that's beside the point. We won't go there. Yeah, that's 
story for another day, Billy. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, The Walking Dead is uh, they're still going strong. They, uh, uh, I don't have a lot of friends or acquaintances on The Walking Dead, but uh, it is an excellent series. Seriously. And uh, I tip my hat because it's so successful. You know. Yes. Uh, no, if, if you were uh, if you were in it, uh, what do you, what do you see yourself as a zombie or one of the saviors? Uh, to be honest with you, eight hours in a makeup room really wouldn't wouldn't uh, be my pleasure. Okay, because I don't know if most of your listeners realize it takes almost eight hours to get everybody ready just to do another eight to ten hour shoot. And uh, I would if I was to do something like that, I would think I'd want to be somewhere half and half, you know, just kill me off before all the makeup goes on. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I, I, just seriously, you know, it's, uh, most people don't realize these productions are huge, whether they're Netflix or Sony or uh, Warner Brothers. These are big productions, and you've been around the music business, <clears throat> as you know. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, and you're looking at, you know, like, and I won't get back. Well, I'll, I'll just mention this. Two days ago, I went to the uh, meet and greet with uh, Alice Cooper and Deep Purple. And you're looking at 25-plus semi-trailers. You're looking at seven to eight tour buses. You're looking at, like we have on the movie sets, full catering for the production staff. You're You're looking at all the guys... Uh, throwing up all the amps, equipment, the risers. It's these are major, major productions, especially if they're arena shows. As you know, you know we were there in Vegas. Yeah, and you got to respect whether it's on a movie set or a concert. And the hardest working guys in the world are the grips putting this stuff up. And sometimes they don't always get the credit that uh, they really deserve. But uh, these guys put this show in place so that some of us, whether we're musicians or actors, can go up, do our lines, relax, um, and it's just a credit to the entire industry. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out, Billy, because uh, you know what I'm saying. You've been there. Oh, yes. Yes, most definitely. And I've, I've, I've been to quite a few shows and, uh, you know, seeing, seeing the work that's put in. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, what do you want to talk about? Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp? Uh, busted two ribs on the set or at the end of the uh, uh, crew party where he got up there and started wailing away on his electric guitar. <laughs> um, yeah, no, de- definitely. Talk, talk about that experience uh, because Johnny Depp's obviously a big name. He's, 
he's not only a big name, but I really think that a lot of people over the last couple of years have really kind of given him a, a bum rap. Johnny is one of the nicest, sweetest guys. He's a really hardworking guy, but, you know, like I'm sitting here drinking a Coors Light, smoking a cigarette as a preacher's kid talking to you. We all got a few faults in our system, but Jamie and Christmas, this guy, this guy's got more talent in one finger than some of us have. And he rides horses. He can do just about anything. I think, and uh, last year he went out on tour with uh, the Hollywood Vampires with Joe Perry of Aerosmith and Alice Cooper. And he held his own. I'm telling you, uh, he started out as a musician and now he's an actor. So uh, now he's going back to his roots. And uh, I just think that's multi-talented. You know what I mean, Billy? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and, and there, there are some people who, a lot of, a lot of stars out there who have tried their hand in both and not been very successful. Like, uh, like Mark Wahlberg, for example, who was a one, one hit wonder back in the early nineties with <laughs> as Marky Mark and the, uh, with the funky bunch. <laughs> and I really didn't think very highly of his music, but as an actor, wow. Yeah. Well, he's been He's uh, Billy, not to cut you off. He's been here. He did two movies here in New Mexico. He did. Uh, um, well, we we've had everything from uh, Lone Survivor here. The movie was filmed here to uh, uh, Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. He he keeps coming back here. Johnny Depp keeps coming back here. He did at least three movies, and believe it or not. Even John Travolta, he did Wild Hogs here. And oh, they, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and he came back, and it's not out yet, but he did a Western with Ethan Hawke. And, really? uh, yeah, nobody's heard about it yet. They filmed that about two years ago. It's called In a Valley of Violence. But, uh, you, you know, it's just kind of flattering to know we have the film incentive here, which is bringing in... Um, a lot of companies and so is Georgia and a lot of the actors here in New Mexico and in LA are uh, spending a lot of time bouncing between Georgia and New Mexico because that's where the film industry has kind of landed over the last couple years going yeah yeah anyways yeah yeah now, uh, have you had the opportunity? Obviously, we can classify westerns as part of action or sometimes even romance, whatever. But if you, um, is there a particular type of uh, movie or TV show that you've uh, w- always wanted to be a part of, whether it it be science fiction, horror, drama? Is there anything in particular you've always wanted to do? Well. <clears throat> I've always done, uh, my main genre, Billy, as you know, is Westerns. Um, We did uh, Cowboys and Aliens here in New Mexico. Yes. That was was done here, which was kind of a balance between the Western and the sci-fi. Personally, some of my favorite movies are 
rock and roll bass, something like Almost Famous, that, that because when I grew up around music, I look at movies like that that have a true story that have a basis of, of music and that type of genre, which I've never done. I've lived it, but I've never done it. And uh, that's basically where I'm at, Billy. I, I, I'm getting too old. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, though. Yes, sir. Um, you know, my favorite show growing up as a kid was a British, British show. You might have heard of, of it. It's called Doctor Who. <laughs> that was my favorite show as a kid. Doctor Who. <laughs> My favorite British show was Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I think I just knocked over my guitar. Oh, well. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Now, but I was going to say, though, I do believe because for the first time uh, a couple of years ago, or it was a little bit longer than that, actually, the BBC actually came to America to, to film a scene for Doctor Who for the first time. And uh, I do believe that because it was a Western base going back in time to to the Old West, that I think it it was either Utah or New Mexico. But I, it it was one of the two, and I'm I'm willing to bet more along the lines of New Mexico. You know, I'm not sure, Billy, but I will tell you this: I've traveled throughout the state of Utah, whether it was Moab or. I, I've been back and forth the country from New York to New Jersey to Indiana. <clears throat> I mean, I spent time in Indiana to Portland, Oregon. Um, Utah is a beautiful, beautiful state. I mean, absolutely. I'm not knocking our beautiful New Mexico here. We have sites of our own. But when it comes to just the gorgeous mesas and the cliffs, You've got all four corners. You've got Arizona. You've got Utah. You've got New Mexico. And they are sites of the country. And, of course, I lived up in the northwest in Portland, Seattle, for 20 years. So I know all about, I know all about Idaho and, and uh, Washington and Oregon. And I'm not knocking that. That's their, you guys are in your own specific beauty of greenness and i'm in the desert (laughs) we all got our faults i'm in the desert too that's why i live in the middle of nowhere billy but i'm just saying there are certain parts of the country that um have their own flavor and they are so photogenic that it's it rivals none really yeah but you know you know it's I just, uh, I'll never forget this too. It was last year that, uh, took, took a trip with my family, uh, from here in Twin Falls to, uh, Coos Bay, Oregon, to the Oregon coast. And, uh, so oh. like all the way, all the way, all the way to Bend, Oregon was, <laughs> was, was the desert. Yes. Once you, once you passed Bend, you got into the forest and all you saw was trees. Oh, and you are blessed, Billy, because I, I lived in Gold Beach for a year and a half when I was a, a younger guy as a hippie 
traveling through up and down the Oregon thing, you know, the Jerry Garcia, Ken Kesey thing. Um, <laughs> that's another story. Uh, but Coos Bay, just so gorgeous with the fog, with the ocean, with the bay. Um, and all the trees, too. Oh, yeah, we're talking massive. We're talking sequoias in, in uh, whether it's Gold Beach or Brookings, you've got the the California sequoias uh, going three, four hundred feet in the air. You know, it doesn't stop at the California border. It comes right up into southern Oregon, right there on the coast. And um, it is a, a sight to behold to go up that coast from Brookings all the way up through Coos Bay and, uh, you know, all the way up to where they're having the eclipse in uh, Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm just no. Well, the mountains end in the ocean. They come right off the ocean, and they just well, they come right off the thousand foot mountains and just drop into the ocean. And you know what I'm saying? Anybody that's been there or been through there, it's uh, it's pretty nice. Anyways, yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> country. Yeah, man, you're blessed, Billy. Absolutely, aren't we all? <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I've been down there through uh, New Mexico and uh, and uh, going through the Navajo Reservation, and I I felt like I was going through one big, beautiful piece of history. It is history, Billy, and I'll tell you something else. When the sun sets, it is just purple mountains. It's what you would see on a page you cannot make that up, whether it's in film or in movies. What you see on that screen is exactly what you're visualizing. And, uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm sipping on my beer in between our conversation here. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing I'm not in Colorado. I'd have lots of green smoke around here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, any other questions about the movies, about the music? I'll tell you right now, the Alice Cooper Deep Purple Show. Yeah, that's, it, it, that it, was it, what it I wanted to get to. Well, it is huge. We're talking, this is a massive break. They're going through Ohio. They're going to... They're in, uh, they're in Dallas tonight. They're going through Georgia. They're going through Ohio. They're going to be in Noblesville, Indiana. I know you podcast across the country. I'm telling you, I did I did is my education in lasers, electro-optical engineering out of college. I did like six tours with Floyd doing the laser shows. And this is one of the top three concerts of a must-see for 2017. And um, it really is the best I've ever seen Alice at with the uh, jumbo screens. And Deep Purple, you'll never have Ian Gilliam and Pace and Glover together again. Not in this country. And it's just a special time, Billy. And, And you know how much I love Boba Flex and you know how much I love 
Sons of Anarchy, and I love the new bands, and I support every single one of them, including American Grimm, which I did a, a worldwide music video with them. But you to honor these guys, and probably one of their final tours is uh, a sight to behold, Billy. That's all I'm saying. You know, I mean, I cross over. I got stuff signed by Stone Temple Pilots, Chris Cornell in here. I got the original shirt from uh, the original Lollapalooza out of Seattle, you know, where Pearl Jam opened the show and Soundgarden was the second one. You know, I got a, like a little miniature museum in here. And, uh, but I honor the old boys because uh, we wouldn't have the music we got today without the guys that gave it to us, man. All right. Yeah, that's all I can say, Billy. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> and Alice Cooper, the man himself, I mean, you got the opportunity to hang with him. Overall, I mean, how, what can you say about Alice Cooper as a human being outside of the spotlight? He is a phenomenal person. I <clears throat> I was the preacher's kid of uh, First Baptist Pasadena that followed his wife, Cheryl. And Cheryl, uh, uh, the last official function at the church was their wedding. So I've known Alice and Cheryl for years. And I'll be honest, Cheryl saved his life. And she's a princess. She does uh, most of the money they make, they put into teaching the kids outside of uh, Scottsdale, Phoenix, in dance art studios. And and uh, uh, he's just, she, he quit drinking. You know, I... I wish I could be that fortunate, Billy, but, you know, I, I like my Coors Light. But he is a super, super nice guy, and uh, all I can tell you is it's a stage production. But he puts it on so well that you cannot deny uh, his artistry. Does that make any sense? Billy? It makes a lot of sense. It's... Uh, uh, he gets a, it's kind of like some of us. We all got our faults. I got mine more than others. But everybody wants to criticize somebody because they put on a theatrical show that may not fall within their realm. Put it that way, or the and uh, it uh, it's like we've both seen some of the best productions, whether they're Pink Floyd, Jethro Tull with the ship. I mean, Queensryche, for crying out loud, with the different stage sets. Alice is a theatrical performer, and uh, it's just, that's where I'm at. Does that make any sense, Billy? Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> there's no some good, doubt. There's some, I'm going to uh, Guns N' Roses uh, on the 6th. I got meet and greet with uh, Axl Rose. So... Um, you know, and slash. So I go to events that are important to me, whether it's old school, new school, Bubba Flex, American Grimm, whether it's Disturbed, 
those guys, those guys are phenomenal. So I'm just saying, you know, I, the music genre is what you make it, Billy. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree 100% right there. Hey, when you, uh, after we hang up, can I request a song? Oh, I'll have to put it on next week because I just put I put everything together beforehand. Well, it's all right. I'm sorry. I was going to ask for uh, the stir of si- sound of silence. It's a pretty good song, but oh hey, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you could start the show off next week. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you out of the spot. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> no, I feel bad. Come on now. Come on now. I feel I feel honored. I feel really honored that you wanted to talk about the movies, whether it was 310 to Yuma or whether it was a Lone Ranger, whether any of the things with Longmire. Longmire has been a fantastic series, and it's sad to see it go. Uh, It's kind of like watching the end of Breaking Bad. And, uh, um, but Somehow, some way, I think we'll get over it because we still got The Walking Dead, right? No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, I think I better go because I think I'm going to run you out of your music time here. But I'll yeah. tell you what. I'll tell you what. I really, Billy, you call me anytime. It doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm in L.A., if I'm in New York, if I'm in New Mexico. You call me anytime because I, I'm here to support you. I think you're doing an awesome, awesome job. And let's oh. just let's rock the hell out of the states. Can we do that? We can. Uh, why just the states? I'm going for the world. <laughs> well, I'll give you the world if I can, buddy. All right, because you <laughs> earned it. All right, man. I love you. All right. All and, right. Uh, yeah. Is that all good? That's all good, yes. Don't be a stranger, Billy. You better give me a call, man, because uh, damn glad to hear from you, boy. <laughs> yes, good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you very much for your time here on the show, James. Hey, one last thing. If yeah. you want to look me up, it's James E, capital E, well, it's James Capital E period Lane, L-A-N-E, on IMDb if you want to see what movies I've been a part of through the years, what TV series I've been a part of. And as far as Facebook, it's simply James Lane, and all you got to look for is the ugly guy with the uh, backstage pass that I took off of your shoulders at Rock in the Spring. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Billy. I love you, buddy. You be good and give your brothers a call, would you? I will, most definitely. Thank you. I love you, man. You're a good Love you too, bud. All right. So it is time for our next music set. We have Waking the Sleeper coming up, gonna be followed by Nikki Breyer, then She'll be followed by Anjo Jackson, then Insatia, and then Cody Canada and The Departed to top the set off. We'll be back after this. Who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Derek Stark, 
and Bad Billy. Well, we are known as proper gentlemen because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fans.
Hi, my name is Stacy Rios. I'm here to talk about Stacy's Taco. Stacy Rios Taco. Try it today. Everyone's on the diet. The new Stacy's Taco diet that tastes great and has zero calories. Who here has tried Stacy's Taco? I was never a big taco eater until I tried Stacy's Taco. Stacy's Taco tastes great and has zero calories. I lost 25 pounds trying Stacy's Taco. Stacy's Taco will keep you coming back for more. Stacy Rio's Taco. Try it today.
wanna give it to you, take your pants off, let her body do the talking, baby, straight up, I wanna main love, I wanna main love, you and me, we going on a journey, take control, just close your eyes and learn me, feel the heat, our passion slowly burning, burning, just lose control, oh yeah, oh yeah.
California to Washington Square. Dressed up and geared up, we're not gonna tear up. Today you were everywhere. Sunday's a high. That's how it goes. Sometimes you just gotta ride with the Broadcasting can be yours with help from American Broadcasting School. There are a lot of career possibilities out there. Why just dream it? You can become a radio disc jockey, sportscaster, newscaster, or production director. 
American Broadcasting School, one of the best-known, nationally accredited broadcasting institutions of its kind, can teach you the skills to succeed. Best of all, you'll train from your home computer. Go live on your own internet radio station as instructors evaluate your on-air assignments. You'll receive all the instructional materials and software to get you started. Train from home, learn from home. It's that convenient. Plus, American Broadcasting School offers job placement assistance so you can land the broadcasting career you deserve. ABS has helped thousands of graduates break into the field, and you're next. American Broadcasting School is the nation's number one way of entering broadcasting. Call 888-677-5227 or visit online at radioschoolonline.com. He took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. By some, he's been called controversial. He is the free American, Clay Douglas. Now, keep in mind that some of my guests have been approached by Homeland Security or FBI saying, why are you going on the Clay Douglas show? My message to those guys, if they're listening this morning, is good morning. Go get a cup of coffee. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, sit down. I've always invited you. I hope you come into my lecture, man. Now, you know, we, we both took the same oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. I don't recall there being an expiration date on that. Catch the Free American weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. For the podcast and more details, go to freeamerican.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. On the 9th of September at Grand West Cape Town, a former champion is seeking redemption when he goes to war with a former title contender as the USA's Dave Mazzani clashes with Zimbabwe's Timba Garimbo. An undefeated welterweight returns for division domination against a foreign BJJ specialist as South Africa's Cameron Pritchard collides with Brazil's Jose de Roca. The war of words will end inside the hexagon as the rivalry between the DRC's Bruno Makulu and South Africa's Dino Bagatine comes to an epic conclusion. Plus, see the return of a Cape Town favorite as former champion Kitty Androsky reignites his title ambitions against the rejuvenated ground specialist Warren Allison. EFC 63, 9 September, Grand West, Cape Town. Tickets and broadcast information at EFCWorldwide.com. Fillmore Voicemail allows people to engage in social networking through the exchange of voice messages without the need of utilizing a computer. For more information or to get your very own Fillmore Voicemail box, call toll-free 1-866-4-GET-VMB. 1-866-4-GET-VMB. That's 1-866-443-8862. Or visit FillmoreVoicemail.com. Fillmore Voicemail, a service of Fillmore Productions. Go fuck yourself. You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Eric Stark, and Bad Billy. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio. The songs you just heard. Starting off the set was Lose Control by Waking the Sleeper, then A Soldier's Princess by Nikki Breyer, then Control by Anjo Jackson, then Phoenix Aflame by Insatia, and ending the set off with All Nighter with Cody Canada and The Departed featuring The Bronze. 
And at this time, it's time for News of the Weird. Uh, real quick, real quick, before I get into that, um, yeah, we decided that, uh, I decided that uh, I wasn't going to have a uh, combat sports discussion on this episode because of all the hype leading to uh, next week's fight. And as you know, I have resurrected the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show, which uh, the first episode back you can hear where I spoke with uh, Mike Goodpaster and Jeremiah Pricer, both of The Grueling Truth, and Scott Peterson of MMA Weekly, discussing a few details of the upcoming fight. So, anyway... Well, there won't be a show next week, of course, as I mentioned, because of the big fight. But we'll be back in two weeks and hopefully uh, be featuring country singer Nikki Breyer, who you just heard. Got to hear her amazing voice on this show. Anyway, let's get to News of the Weird. What's up, everyone? Chris Master right here. Pre-recorded once again because, well, let's just say... uh, some of the stories this week are so awesome that it had to come to you pre-recorded. Okay, I'm really at work, but um, I. But anyways, Billy, I think it's time we get to this. Let's do it. This is Outlaw Radio News of the Weird. From the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, I am a clock tower. And Save the clock what... tower. <laughs> Bear Goldie Wilson. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> a Pennsylvania woman is cheesed off after finding what she claims was a rodent baked into the bun of a Chick-fil-A sandwich. What? <laughs> Ellen Monfaluti of Northampton is suing the Chick-fil-A in Middletown for $50,000 for the extreme nausea and anxiety she suffered after she discovered the um, extra protein back in November. Um, the woman, age 46, had just started eating the sandwich in a conference room at work when she told philly.com i felt something funny on the bottom of the bun i turned it over i said to my coworker, they burned my roll really bad she threw the sandwich on the table and that's when coworker kara Fallon noticed something in the sandwich beyond the listed ingredients Fallon told philly.com i realized it was a small rodent of some sort I could see the whiskers and the tail. Uh, The the woman's attorney, William M. Davis, said the experience was terrible for his client. The uh, Davis told the Bucks County Courier Times, the case is certainly outrageous, and that the restaurant could serve something like this to a customer without noticing what they were doing. It also had a horrible effect on my client, who is still trying to move past the immediate physical shock and nausea as well as the lasting emotional shock of the incident. Oh, please, give me a fucking break. Maybe the diarrhea. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, it it was 
over six months ago. So, I mean, seriously. But Davis sent what was left of the tainted bun to a lab recommended by the bakery that had made the bun. Uh, the lab confirmed the presence of a rat or mouse baked into the bun. Since then, he said both the bakery and the franchise have stonewalled attempts to resolve the matter, which is why the lawsuit was filed this week. And I am looking at the bun. And uh, you can see the bun as well when you go to the story on Outlaw Ra- on our Twitter, Outlaw Radio ABS. Um, but the woman's lawyer, the woman's suit named both the Chick-fil-A franchise and its manager, David Heffernan, uh, according to CBS Philadelphia. The suit contends that the defendants failed to supervise employees who intentionally and or knowingly served the sandwich to a customer with a dead rodent baked into the bun. This action was a direct cause of the plaintiff's injuries. Um, Heffernan, uh, sorry about that. I, I had to listen to something real quick. Um, but Heffernan told the station he could not comment on the allegations. He said, we are aware and the guest allegations are being investigated. This is an ongoing legal matter. Therefore, we cannot comment any further at this time. That's why I go, that's why when I go to Chick-fil-A, Billy, I always go for the nuggets. (laughs) I I just Uh, don't get it. This, This is, I mean, this had to have been done purposely by within the factory or something. I don't know. I mean, uh, it was, I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, Chick-fil-A is always getting flack for all this shit, but you see the same thing at Wendy's, McDonald's, and Burger King. So, I mean, if, I mean, you're, so, and I don't see anything about, you know, even... Chick-fil-A gets in the news, even if there's a fly baked into the bread. And I see that all the time in McDonald's. It's mainly because the owner didn't support same-sex marriages, which offended everybody. Uh, so you can't have... It offend, it, I, mean, it offended, I support... I mean, I, for one, I believe that if you want to be with someone of the same sex, go ahead. You deserve to be happy just like the rest of us. Or miserable. miserable. Yeah, Yeah. or miserable. Um, (laughs) But, uh, come on, someone can have an opinion. Exactly. Exactly. Something we're going to get into a little bit here, too. Yeah. And, uh, but moving on as well, um, (laughs) employees in the New York City subway believe they can improve their working environment with one teensy-weensy, itsy-bitsy change in protocol. Stop storing dead bodies in their break rooms and bathrooms. Uh, I wish I was making this up. When someone dies on the subway or in a terminal, their body is removed as quickly as possible so that service can be resumed. Sources from the Transport Workers Union Local 100, the city's public transit worker union, told the New York Post that means that bodies are taken to the nearest room regardless of what it is. If uh, one source told the Post, if a lunchroom is the nearest, they'll put it in the lunchroom. What? When someone, yeah. they, when don't someone, co- they don't have money for a coroner? 
<laughs> when someone dies on the subway, the New York Police Department's policy is to first determine if the death was a potential homicide so the possible crime scene can be preserved. Deputy Police Commissioner Peter Donald told the chief leader, a newspaper that specializes in labor unions, that it's up to emergency medical specialists to make the call if someone is DOA. He added, we bag the body and stay with it until the medical examiner arrives. What are you going to do with it? Talk to it? Um, however long that is, one hour, two hours, or three, or four, or five, or six, or seven. Uh, Metropolitan Transportation Authority spokesman Shams Tarek told AM New York that a typical storage space might be near the rail right-of-way, but in a pinch, MTA worker break or utility rooms might be used. Uh, he told the agency is discussing, he said the agency is discussing with TWU officials how any of the current practices can be enhanced for the comfort of our workers. Stop using the break room and restrooms. There's an idea. Uh, union official Derek uh, something or other said that the situation has been going on for years. He told the chief leader, we brought this up at our last safety meeting with management. We have one case where a member walked in and encountered a body in a bathroom without warning and had to go home for the day. This does cause lost time. You think? Lots of lost time. Yeah, I mean, it's lots of lost time and new pants. Um, MTA station agent LaShawn Jones told WPIX-TV that she once walked into an employee restroom and was shocked to see the body of a person who had recently committed suicide. Jones wow. said, very disturbing. That was disgusting. That was just horrible. Just horrible. Adding that the bathroom sink had blood that no one cleaned up. What? Typical New York City. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't live there. Uh, I have no intention of ever going back. I've been there twice. Uh, same and that, here. And, I, that, and that was back in the early 90s, and that was it was too much for me then. I went once in 2005 and then again in 2011, or 2012, sorry. So, uh, uh, but, um, oh, oh, by the way, you know all this uh, neo-Nazi stuff that we've been seeing this past week? All that bullshit. Yeah, well, okay, Cupid has zero tolerance for white supremacists and just kicked one off its site permanently. A profile belonging to white nationalist leader Christopher Cantwell, most recently featured in a Vice News documentary about the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, last weekend, was discovered on the dating site. After OK Cupid's support team was alerted, it immediately banned him. Uh, Melissa Hobley, a spokeswoman for the site, told Huff Post, we were alerted by another dater on OK Cupid who had been contacted by Cantwell recently. We wasted no time. We quickly verified that it was indeed him and shut down his account. The site also tweeted that it banned him for life on Thursday afternoon, and then it has no room for hate in a place where you're looking for love. The site added that if any members come across people involved in hate groups, they can support report it to the support team. Yes. Okay, keep it. Yes. Hobley said the response in the community has been amazing. And she wasn't kidding. Twitter was abuzz with supporters of the band. 
Uh, Hobley said, okay, Cupid has banned others from the site, though she did not specify the reasons in the other case. She also said the site made a concerted decision to disclose its banning of Cantwell. She said, we were public about shutting down Cantwell because we believe we have a responsibility to take a stand and set the tone. Especially at the place where we help connect people, we have to care about who you are and your role in the community. We couldn't agree more. And we're hope and we hope we're not being too forward, okay, Cupid, but some people love you. I I love you, but I don't use it because I already got somebody. Move it uh, on. Move it up. All right, moving on here. Um, okay, so. Oh, boy. A woman in Phoenix, Arizona, was shocked when her neighbor's chihuahua showed up at her door with a swastika painted on his forehead and red nail polish. Okay. I, the woman, who is half Hispanic, with three adopted children of mixed race, saw the dog Thursday and feared it was a message towards her, according to her cousin, Sally Andrade. Uh, Andrade told local station KPNX-TV, she's singing, what is this? Is this a message towards me? I have to protect my family? The station did not identify the woman or interview her on camera, but she was concerned in the light of last weekend's Unite the Right White Supremacist Neo-Nazi Rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, Numerous television outlets uh, picked up KPNX's video reflecting the current national tensions over Nazi and racist imagery. However, officers from the Glendale Police Department who visited the house where the dog lives over concerns with animal neglect said the incident was a prank. Two teenage boys, one Filipino and one black, admitted they painted the swastika on the dog's head with red nail polish as a joke. It's, Glendale po- it's not funny. Yeah, Glendale Police Department spokeswoman Tiffany Smith told HuffPost, they started by painting the dog's nails, then its ears, and finally the swastika. It was just a couple of kids doing something as a cruel prank. The teens also said they removed the markings, according to the police. Smith said, adding that the photo used by KPNX in his story was altered with the filter to emphasize the swastika, that it was a case of poor judgment and poor timing. In that photo, it looks like as if it's been shaved into its head, and it hasn't. Smith provided a side-by-side photo of the filtered photo and a photo of the dog seen through the responding officer's body cam. And um, still... Carlos Galindo Elvira, the regional director for the Anti-Defamation League in Arizona, says the fact someone would do this to an animal is cause for concern. Um, He told the station this is a symbol used by neo-Nazis, by skinheads, and by white supremacists. Find a dog in your neighborhood with that symbol on its head can be scary. Yeah, think. Yeah. Uh, um, I... And uh, some other news uh, that's making uh, some headlines here. Uh, That will not be found on our Twitter, by the way. Yeah. um, WBIR. This is kind of warm and fuzzy here. Uh, WBIR claims Knoxville, Tennessee, police officer Garrett Fontanez is being hailed as a hero 
for mowing a 76-year-old woman's lawn. A man stole Betty Brown's mower before Garrett came to the rescue. His boss tells the TV station, the reality is what Garrett did is what officers do throughout this country. We have a heart for service. Why we get into this profession in the first place. You see, I had to end on that because, I mean, that's just warm and fuzzy. Because after hearing all the weird shit, we had to end with something warm and fuzzy. Yes. So there you go. um, Officer Garrett, thank you for your service. Even though you're just police, but yeah. Um, Oh, before you stop recording, though, Billy, Mm -hmm. I I got a top ten list. Oh, yes. The top 10 most overexposed celebrities. Lindsay and, Lohan? Justin uh, Bieber? Lindsay Lohan is actually number 20. Um, and uh, let's see here. Yeah. Is number 20. Uh, Honey Boo Boo is number 16. Who the fuck Caitlin, is Honey Boo Boo? Um, this. Loudmouth Ethan, that was um, on TLC. Okay. She had her own series. She was a beauty pageant, but she was also basically um, her fam, her family. Uh, yeah. If you see the series, if you have seen the series or see what she looks like, you'd be like, how the fuck is that kid in beauty pageant? Um, but number 12, Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, God. Number, <clears throat> number 11, LeVar Ball. Number 10, Kourtney Kardashian. Number 9, Kanye West. Number 8, Black China. Number 7, Kylie Jenner. Number 6, number six Rob Kardashian. Number 5, Khloe Kardashian. Number 4, Justin Bieber. Uh, number 3, Johnny Mansdale. Number 2, Kris Jenner. And the number one most overexposed celebrity is Kim Kardashian. (laughs) And um, finally, finally, uh, Family Guy's uh, Gary Gennetti is uh, writing the series that um, for is writing a series for ABC um, and is. Because what ABC is doing is they're developing a live-action Jetson series. Hmm. You know the cartoon, the, Jeff, the Jetsons? Yes, yes, I remember them quite well. They are coming back, but in live action. Well, they did it with the Flintstones. Yeah, but... It it wasn't said in futuresque. It was in the past, and they were able to do more things. In this, uh, I just don't see it working. The show, like the cartoon, will be set 100 years in the future. Seriously? Seriously. Are you kidding? <laughs> All right. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is news. Of the weird. All right. And uh, Chris, while I still have you here, there was something that I found on Facebook. Mm-hmm. A big meathead with a big old grizzly beard 
<laughs> so, so it was a younger you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much, much younger you, like by about uh, five hundred years. Asshole. <laughs> Called Dolly Parton. oh man but let's talk about this for a moment here this video that was posted I thought he made a very very valid point let's uh, it's about six minutes long let's take a listen okay right check it out I apologize now for any foul language that I may be using. A lot of people ask me why I haven't chimed in on the most current events that are happening here in the United States. Over the last three to four days, I was in Florida doing some public speaking. Spoke a little bit about leadership. Spoke a little bit about the United States and where the United States is going. During this time, as I'm trying to keep myself on a, on a level playing field and not lose my shit, uh, I continue to see the news and continue to see on Facebook how these, uh, you know, left-wing, right-wing fucking white supremacists or Antifa or Black Lives Matter continue to do nothing but destruction all, all over the United States, ripping down statues, Confederate, you know, statues, and so on and so forth. And, 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 and I'm at the point now where I really can't even talk about it. I really can't talk about it. You guys are destroying American history. Whether you fucking like the way it went or not, you are destroying American history. It's not in the textbooks in the schools anymore, and now you're going to go ahead and destroy every single thing, every ounce of it, every fucking ounce of it that's left in the United States. Why are you doing that? Maybe it's a fashion statement, I don't know. That's what it seems to be right now. The goddamn media says, hey, we don't like something. So you fucking goddamn hate groups go out there and you start destroying shit. Why are you doing it? And you know what the funny thing is? Is you keep wearing your goddamn face mask. You keep wearing your mask because you're too much of a freaking faggot to show your fucking face. That's the problem. If you were a freaking man and you actually believed in something, you wouldn't cover your face. I don't cover my fucking face. You know why I don't cover my face? Because I do what I want to do when I want to do it. And if I say something, it's because I fucking mean it. And I'm not worried about who it affects. But you, y'all want to cover your face. You know what? It's disgusting. And I don't give a shit if you're fucking right wing or you're left wing. If this is what you're doing and this is how you're doing it, you're a piece of shit. You know what? Why don't we all just take our shit off? Take your fucking mask off, meet up someplace, and throw down. But you won't do that, will you? You won't just hash it out like men. You won't do it. I see you all freaking Antifa fuckers throwing rocks and shit in the middle of crowds and everything else, and then running away like a little faggot. Yeah, unreal. You know who you are? You're a coward. I see the one little video of this chick who uh, sprayed a fire signature all over somebody and then hit him with it. Oh, you're a hero. You're a real big fucking hero. You know what? Should have had your head kicked in. I, I literally can't even contain how friggin' aggravated I am. Let me tell you something. 
I can currently drive down the road here in the United States and not worry about some trash bag on the side of the road that's going to fucking detonate. I can drive down the road and I know, and I know that the vehicle that sits on the side of the road is not going to friggin' blow up on me. Or the kid or the friggin' retard who's wearing a jacket in the middle of the summer is going to friggin' detonate on me. You know why that is? Because people went and fought for it. And all you're doing right now is spitting on the fucking faces of every single one of them freaking soldiers, Marines, and everybody else who fought for your freedom to be able to do whatever you want. You want to stand on the flag, you want to burn the flag, you want to rip down statues, you want to keep on doing all this shit until there's nothing left. What are you doing when there's nothing left? Hmm? What are you going to do then? I'm telling you. I'm fucking losing my shit here. I don't like being like this, and I don't want to be like this because I'm not a hateful person. But let me tell you something. You're driving it. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and that is fucking white supremacist group. You're driving this. You think it's funny? You think it's amusing? You enjoy what you're doing? Well, let me tell you something. Eventually, it's going to affect you, and it's going to be kicking down your fucking door. And when it does, I may be the one kicking that fucking door. And I guarantee you, you're not going to win that fight. It's time we freaking make America great again. And with piece of shit like you, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm not looking for freaking this to go viral. I'm not looking for people to support me. I'm just telling you my feelings right now. And I've not said it because I'm too fucking pissed off inside to tell people. Because I fought for this country and I continue to fight for this country. And piece of shit like you, who've done absolutely nothing for this country, continue to piss and shit all I'm probably sitting here post this video and I'll probably get blocked from Facebook. But the few of you who get to see it, share it if you actually agree. And if you don't fucking agree with it, then guess what? Fuck you too. Because I don't care. Because there are so many people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Beyond value. From the desk of Mr. Holland. Let's bring back duels to the death. I bet that would simmer down this whole... You offended me. ...thing. Mr. Holland, Mr. Holland, over here, over here. Ma'am, ma'am, please, keep it in your pants. All right, I like what he had to say because uh, he he was addressing everybody about the bullshit that's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's getting offended about something, so they have to riot about it. This, yeah, I mean, it's... And, you, can't walk, you can't walk out the door nowadays without running into a demonstration or a protest. It's freaking stupid. Why are, I mean, it was like that entire thing with uh, President Trump and um, the day of the inauguration. Even to this day, there are still protests going on all over the country, and they're trying to change shit. You're not going to change anything. You're still going to wake up tomorrow morning, and and he's still going to be president. So why are you fucking bitching now? I mean, and you're tearing down... Confederate statues after you already had a fit about the flag. You can't change history. What's done is done. 
In fact, exactly. In fact, we need that shit up there so we can look back on that and learn from it. Not for yes. So history won't repeat itself. Exactly. We need mm-hmm. that shit there. So, but you erase it out of the textbooks at school. So, basically, setting our future up for the same mistakes of the past. If we, you know, we erase that and not educate of what's happened before. And then, of course, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, white supremacists. They're going to go head-to-head, and that's going to lead to martial law. Um, yeah. That is, you know, then, then the president becomes exactly what you thought he would be. And this could be Donald Trump or Barack Obama. Yeah, exactly. But, but if the president becomes a dictator, it's because you pushed him to it. I mean, here's the thing. I didn't – I'll – admit this on air. I didn't like Obama, but, you know, he was still elected president by the people and I had to look and I had to deal with it. And just thought, so, and it's just like Donald Trump. He was elected president by you, the people. And so basically, I mean, quit all this Bitching about you know he did that he did that blah 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 blah. Hey, hey Chris, do you yeah. do you remember the riots and uh, and protesting after Obama won the election? No, that's because they didn't happen because we as conservatives don't go into childish bitch fit temper tantrums when we lose. Exactly. I mean, this only happened, and I don't remember seeing any protests over Bush either. (sighs) Even though he was a conservative, I don't, uh, you know, I don't remember seeing a lot of, I don't remember seeing protests. And he lost, he lost that election. He did. Al Gore beat him fair and square, especially in the popular votes and everything. You know, I I do believe to this day that uh, Bush had a, and found a way to cheat, especially with his brother, uh, the biggest retard of the, the Bush family, Jeb Bush, <laughs> being well, governor of Florida. Now, yeah. All right. Um, and there are people that said that, and some of the polls have even said that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote this year, but that's it. That's just the popular vote. You deny the real thing. That's only about that's only a small percentage of how a president gets elected. It's sad, but it's true. The um, the real way you can get elected president is the electoral college. Well, and that's, well, that's how Donald Trump got elected was because he knew which states he had to win in order to get those electoral college votes. And because he did, and because he campaigned very heavy there. People voted for him, and people, and that's how he got elected. It doesn't matter how many people's asses that he kissed. It doesn't matter if you're more popular than this guy. It's all about the electoral college votes, and it all comes down to that. And, uh, you know, the number of black people who <clears throat> voted for Trump are 
of course, being labeled as an Uncle Tom, whatever. And a lot of these same black people voted for Obama in the previous two elections. Yeah, they saw, exactly. They saw that how poorly it was run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and to riot about it and to go on, especially when you go after our police and force them to do their job in full force is not... <laughs> It's not going to uh, help help solve any of the problems to begin with. What, That's what gets me about these people that are that go that are like, oh, policemen are bad. Oh, and you hear these stories about police officers shooting these people. It's because some of them. Now, I'm not going to say all, because I got in some pretty hot water with you last time. Um, we went down this route. But um, I will say this. If a police officer asks you to stop and pull and, you know, show your ID, then fucking do it. You know, otherwise, if a police officer feels threatened, he is going to shoot you. And basically, that's why some of these people are being killed is because... They are not abiding by police rules, and they are forcing police. Because I mean, if you if you are told to stop and you don't stop, and you don't seem to abide by the police rules, then I mean, they they the police don't know they don't know you. They don't know if you're going to go for a gun or not. Exactly, and and another thing too. I mean, yeah, we got some bad eggs. In uh, our police departments, there is yes. no question about that. Yes, I do. I fully agree with you but on that. It's not Mississippi 1964. It's not no. that bad. No. Anyways, it's... so it's t- you know th- there's going out in full force, and then the police request needing assistance of the military. That's martial law right there. And the way a lot of people are going about it, white supremacy, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other radical groups are bringing it on. So Mm -hmm. the blood of the innocent is going to be on your hands. And I'm talking to you, Pete, to to these specific groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you, Billy. Absolutely. Because it is, it's about time that these people pull their pants up. Well, they need to wipe themselves first, but pull their pants up and just accept the fact that, you know, Trump is president, black and white lives matter, both black and white or Mexican, every race. Every color matters. Every color, everything matters because, you know, if, you know, because here's the thing, you know, if we, if we, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, if they keep going the way they are, and I have a bad feeling that history may repeat itself, but opposite. 
And it's not going to be pretty. No. I mean, white people will become could maybe become slaves to black people. And then later on, black white people may have to use separate entrances than blacks. And it, and we it, don't need segregation again. No, we don't. And if that happens, Billy, if, if it happens in our lifetime... I'm going to be saying, you sons of bitches, history is repeating itself all over again, and it's your fucking fault. Yep. And I will, and basically that will be when I'll try and flee this country. Yep. We try, you know, we're, we got, it's up to us. It's not up to Trump to make America no. great again. It's up to us. And so far, you know, and, and these radical groups are not helping the cause at all. No, they're not. They're helping the government get what they want. Mm-hmm. They are not. They, these people, these politicians, these people do not understand common sense. If they would just stop and you know, look around and think a minute instead of flying off the handle, they will see that, you know, they will see basically what you just said, Billy. They will see that it's up to us to change America, not up to the president, not up to the government, but up to us. Exactly. They, but right now they're so far up their own hind end, they don't know which side, which end is out. Yes. And... So, anyway, well, that's uh, that wraps it up uh, for this segment. So, Chris, right. pre-recorded. Uh, we won't be back uh, next week, of course, because we got the big fight coming up. But uh, should you, will you be back live the following week? No, I won't because I have a uh, concert I have to be in attendance for. Um, next week I'm off, which is the week we're off. I I would be available, but um, unfortunately, the week after that, I got a Eagles tribute band concert to attend. All right, well, uh, definitely, you'll have to call in uh, or at least uh, fill us in on that one. Okay, I will. All right, you take care. All right, you too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to conclude the show. I want to give a big shout-out to Andrew W. Boss for joining the show and also James E. Lane. Like I said, I'll repeat for a third time, of course, we won't be on the air next week because of a Mayweather-McGregor fight. But... uh, I should be back uh, in the morning for the Indie Asylum. Got some new music I got to play there. And of course, uh, during the week, I'm going to have a couple more episodes of the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show leading up in anticipation for this big fight. So, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Should be featuring country singer Nikki Breyer out of New Jersey. Good night. God bless. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds
sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy. Well, that's where you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad, bad music to go piss off a rope. We give our opinions, and if I break out, so fucking what?
Ich bin ein Idiot.